Hi, and welcome back to Season 2 of the Big Book of New Testament Questions and Answers podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Kramer, and I'll be continuing our discussion on the Book of Romans. This New Testament epistle, or letter, was written by the Apostle Paul, one of the most outspoken followers of Christ. Let's pick up where we left off. Romans chapter 7, verse 5. For while we were living in the flesh, our sinful passions, aroused by the law, were at work in our members to bear fruit for death. The question is, how does the law cause us to sin even more? The answer is, the law arouses the passions of sin in at least two ways. First, the law is like a bright light that reveals everything in unmistakable clarity and detail. A microscope or slow-motion video replay exposes trouble and errors in vast proportions. Second, the lust of fallen human nature is inflamed whenever something is forbidden, and its pride responds to the law with vicious defiance. Fallen human nature likes the law in diluted form because it can be manipulated and actually used to satisfy the passions of the flesh. See Genesis chapter 3 and Matthew chapters 5, 19, and 23. The purpose and power of the law as God has given it is to incapacitate our fallen human nature so that God's grace and spirit can regenerate in us a new person who can manage the flesh for the better rather than the worst. See Matthew chapter 4, Romans chapters 3 and 6, Philippians chapter 2, and James chapter 4. Romans chapter 7 verse 7. What then shall we say? That the law is sin? By no means. Yet if it had not been for the law, I would not have known sin. For I would not have known what it is to covet if the law had not said, you shall not covet. The question is, is this passage saying that the law is sin? The answer is, any law will do what Paul is describing here, because the purpose of a law is to state what is required and what is forbidden. In this verse, Paul uses the definite article, the law, because he's referring to the law that God gave through Moses. Paul does ask the question, is the law sin? Paul asks this question because fallen human nature seeks to shift the blame away from itself. Genesis 3 verses 12 through 13. Fallen human nature wants to argue like this. If it is the law that brings awareness of sin, then sin is caused by the law. Such an argument is like saying physicians and diagnostic equipment cause illness because they diagnose it. The law is good and necessary if we're to live and enjoy this life in a stable universe. It's inevitable that the same laws that tell us what is required to live also forbid and reveal the consequences for breaking these laws. Romans chapter 7 verses 9 through 12. I was once alive apart from the law, but when the commandment came, sin came alive and I died. The very commandment that promised life proved to be death to me. For sin, seizing an opportunity through the commandment, deceived me, and through it, killed me. So the law is holy, and the commandment is holy and righteous and good. The question is, how can one be apart from the law when original sin is present in all of us? The answer is, you're correct in suspecting that no one can be apart from the law. And Paul already made this clear. Romans 2 verses 12 through 14. When Paul says he was alive apart from the law, he doesn't mean that there was no law, but that he considered himself very much alive, righteous, because in his mind he had displaced the law of God with his own standard. See also Romans 7 verse 8. Romans chapter 7 verses 14 through 20. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh, sold under sin. 
for I do not understand my own actions. For I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it is good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. The question is, doesn't it seem like Paul is making excuses for his sin? The answer is, no one making excuses speaks with such grief over his sin or calls himself a wretched man. Verse 24. Paul is expressing the struggle of the regenerate soul against fallen human nature. See Galatians chapter 5 and Colossians chapter 3. When he sounds as though sin is not his fault, it's because there's an essential difference between the poison of original sin that dwells in our fallen human nature, fallen human nature itself, and the regenerate soul. When Paul rejects and condemns himself for breaking rather than keeping the law, he's speaking from the consciousness of his regenerate soul about his fallen human nature or flesh. If Paul was not, in essence, a regenerate soul, he would neither be able to nor be interested in having this honest and godly disposition toward his own sin. When someone has cancer, the cancer is his, though he may speak of it as if it were a foreign and unwelcome substance. Cancer is a foreign and unwelcome substance indeed, and deadly, though my body is producing it. I am at fault, though I did not choose to be at fault. When physicians and treatment eradicate the cancer, it's necessary that they distinguish between the cancer and the rest of me that's supposed to live. A person cured of cancer realizes that the cure was not the product of any decision he made, nor an act of his will, but was provided for him by those who care for him, just as God cares for us all and saves us by his word. See Romans chapters 7 and 8. Chapter 7, verses 17 and 20. The question is, what are some analogies we can use to help people understand the control sin can have in a person's life? The answer is, one example can be found in sickness and medicine. See the previous question. Another powerful example is addiction. If human beings had free will, there would be no such thing as addiction. Alcoholism, smoking, drug abuse, and gambling are all common and well-known forms of addiction. These people act against their own lives, lying to loved ones and caregivers in order to protect the addiction, yet are passionate, clever, and vigorous in their pursuit of the addiction. Such a person is and isn't in control at the same time. All people struggle with addictions, or what is nearly an addiction, of one kind or another. Work, tech toys, selfishness, and self-righteousness can be addictions. While we may feel sympathy for a person who struggles with addiction, we may also have to impose restraints on such a person or execute justice for her own good. Why does anyone do anything against his own life or against his relationships with other people? We have inherited this self-destructive orientation from Adam. God has provided forgiveness for this and the remedy of a regenerate soul animated by God's Spirit and oriented toward love, life, and all things good. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Big Book of New Testament Questions and Answers podcast. I hope you've enjoyed the questions and answers we've been discussing today. For more helpful tools and a free Bible study guide, visit cph.org. Join me next week as we continue exploring the Book of Romans.